to welcome everyone to a series of video podcasts that we're putting together to accompany your explorations of folk cultures in the Asian diaspora. Now, it's a crazy world out there. It's really unprecedented times. Uh, we're facing pandemics, shutdowns, social distancing, uh, basically for the first time ever in human history. But maybe it's also actually kind of an important time to think about certain aspects of culture that you probably have taken for granted and maybe have never really thought of seriously before in your lives. And it's actually, it's okay if you haven't. Uh, we're going to be talking about folklore and how it can help us make sense of our lives as we find ourselves in these new, uncertain, and often quite vulnerable circumstances. As we're going to be seeing, this is exactly how and why Asian diasporic communities in North America and in fact around the world have used folk cultures also to make sense of their lives. Uh, let's start by what I mean by folk culture. This is all the different kinds of informal, unofficial, and non-commercial ways in which people bring meaning to their lives how they express their identity, how they have real meaningful relationships, and how they express and deal with their fears and their concerns. Let me say this again, folklore is informal, unofficial, and non-commercial culture. It's everything that you learn not from books, not from your teacher, not from your TV. It's stuff that's passed on horizontally, not vertically, from person to person, kind of like a virus. Well, nowadays, and especially on the internet and in social media, you might have heard this as called viral culture, like viral tweets or viral videos or whatever. And I'm sure you've also heard the term meme. The older name for this kind of culture is, in fact, folklore. And for more than 100 years, there's been a very vibrant and active field of academic research into informal, unofficial, and non-commercial folk cultures. This field is called folklore studies or folkloristics. This class is going to be basically a kind of crash course in folklore studies. For the first three weeks, we'll be reading some general academic works, including a fantastic little textbook called Folklore Rules by Lynn McNeil. We're also going to read a couple of articles by my old advisor, the late Alan Dundees, who really has shaped this field into what it is today. Uh, this course, just like every folklore course I've taught over the past 10 years, is dedicated to the memory of Alan Dundees. He's basically taught me everything I know about folklore. Now, in addition to looking at what I think what I think is really interesting academic stuff. Uh, we'll also be spending some time hanging out virtually in an archive of folklore called the UBC Asian Folklore Archives. This is a whole bunch of slang, songs, stories, games, jokes, superstitions, all kinds of stuff that, uh, that's been collected from actual consultants in the field, real people, by other UBC students just like you. Uh, who had taken a class with me called Asian Folklore, Asia 369. After 10 years of classes, there's now more than 13,000 items of folklore in these archives, believe it or not. It's really fascinating. It's fun. You'll find all kinds of little gems that tell us a lot about how Asian diasporic communities use folklore to make sense of their lives. You get to explore these archives in the first uh, part of the course. 
But this course is not just about folk culture in general, it's also about the Asian diaspora. The word diaspora is Greek, uh, meaning to scatter across. Dia means across, like in diagonal, and spora means scatter, like spores. This course is about how and why different communities from Asia, as they've scattered across the globe, have taken informal, unofficial, and non-commercial cultures with them in their journeys, and how and why they've created new folk cultures in these new places that they now call home. We'll be looking at three different groups, largely based in North America, the Chinese diaspora, the South Asian or Indian diaspora, also Japanese uh, diasporic groups. We'll also look very briefly at Korean American communities, as well as a very interesting case where culture kind of has flowed backwards uh, from the diaspora back to the homeland in the case of South Asian underground dance music uh, as it made its way to India. Now, this is a research course. <clears throat> but maybe what's different from other research courses that you might think of uh, is that the central goal is not just to kind of read books or to look for articles on Google Scholar or whatever, uh, but rather to do what's called fieldwork. This means interviewing actual active bearers of folk traditions, people who actually do this stuff, and find out how and why they use folklore to make sense of their lives. You'll be, asking, uh, you'll be asked not to write a paper about all this stuff, but rather to present what you find in a way that's publicly accessible through a digital media project. Previous students have put together a bunch of fabulous uh, documentary films on everything from Tibetan New Year to Chinese cooking to cosplay or bhangra or martial arts, and we'll be watching some of these uh, throughout the course. Now, because of the crazy times and the situations that we're finding ourselves in, of course, we can't really make group project films uh, this summer, but that's okay. I think individually you'll, we'll still be able to do something really cool. Uh, you're going to be working on your own and interviewing basically whoever you, can, you have access to who's living in your home or who, uh, who you're in contact with. Uh, it doesn't really matter if they're Asian or if they belong to Asian diasporic groups, although it'd be great if they were. But in fact, no matter what culture we belong to, all of us at this particular moment are using all kinds of folk culture to make sense of our massively disrupted lives. And your task is going to be to explain in your own way, from your own perspective, how folklore is helping you, your family, your household, your friends make sense of this COVID-impacted life. What kinds of informal, unofficial, non-commercial ways are you and your family using to have fun together, create meaningful bonds, forge some kind of identity, um, and bring meaning to your lives? I'm really excited to help you uh, do this kind of fieldwork, and I really can't wait to learn from you over the next six weeks as we take this important rapid-fire journey through the amazing world of folk culture. So thanks for being part of it, and I'll see you next time when we begin by asking a very simple question, what is folklore? Folklore.